Hi, and welcome to another edition of Mr. Brian's Classroom. I'm, of course, Brian. Thank you so much for tuning in. And by now, a lot of you guys are very familiar with the students you have in your classroom and what you're working with. Probably the more louder students have gathered your attention much more than the quiet ones. But I want to focus on those quiet students because very often, I know at least for me and I know many for you, uh, they get overlooked a lot of times. Or we try to break them out of their shell and turn them into the extroverts. We make a lot of mistakes with our shy students. And so I'm hoping that this episode will kind of shed some light that being a shy student isn't necessarily a bad thing and we as teachers we want to make sure we help them gain a little bit more confidence but at the same time embrace who they are and not try to make them what we think they should be and my special guest has a lot of experience working with shy students let's check it out Davies. She is a contributor to teachers.net slash gazette. This particular article is something that we don't often talk about as teachers, and that is kids who are shy. How would you define shy? Well, their demeanor is hesitant, and they're especially self-conscious when they're singled out. Often they can't look you in the eye, or perhaps their voice is very, very soft, or they may have trembling speech. I don't think of shyness as an exact feeling. It's kind of a symptom of a child being fearful or tense or apprehensive or embarrassed. And, of course, if you have a child like this in your class, the goal of any teacher, I think, is to help the child feel comfortable and safe and secure so that they can grow up and reach their full potential. In the article, you say shyness is often misunderstood. And you also say heredity, culture, environment can each play a role in a child's shyness. Kind of explain that. Well, you know, our families really vary. Families who are very boisterous and happy and joyous. And then we have families that are more reserved. And children are encouraged to speak very quietly and mm -hmm. not disturb adults. You know, we have all sorts of different families. So that's one influence. Another is you have families that are new to our country. And, of course, they're going to together and be very reticent to branch out. You have families who are very call attention to their child. For example, they say, oh, no one will like your hair or no one will like your clothes or, you know, really help encourage the child to feel self-conscious as opposed to self-confident and don't encourage autonomy. Instead, encourage dependence on them. So all those things, the culture, the environment, you have some families who Traditionally, through the generations, have been very on the quiet side. Those children are encouraged to be quiet, or they've observed that quiet is what you're supposed to do. And what they've experienced those first five years. You know, have they been at home, and or have they been in daycare, or have they been in a warm environment, or have they been in an environment where they didn't feel safe? There was a lot of hitting or or yelling, and that would contribute also. Before the child gets to school, what kind of things can parents do before they enter the classroom? One thing is to have little playgroups or make a play date on the playground. If you feel like your child is so self-conscious and hesitant to interact with any children, inviting a child to play at your home or, as I said, maybe meet on the playground, 
giving the child words to say, for example, hi, my name is Donnie, <laughs> what's yours? You know, sometimes children just don't have the words to say, but not pushing, encouraging them. And also, I really feel strongly that instead of calling the child shy, because it seems to have a bit of a negative connotation, let's call them thinkers. You know, thinkers are children who stand back, take in the situation, and then perhaps begin to, to join in when they feel safe and secure. Or even possibly, you know, observers. They observe a yeah, lot. they're observers, right. And there's nothing wrong with being an observer. If you have a shy child and everyone calls, oh, he's shy, then maybe the brothers and sisters answer for that child or the child is, is kind of pushed aside and the children think, oh, well, that child doesn't want to play with me. He's not that at all. He just doesn't or she just doesn't know how to interact. So providing some social situations, providing the child with words that they can say that help in that situation can be very helpful. And some kids are just going to be naturally quiet their whole yes. lives, right? We can't, exactly. we can't really turn them and change them. And, and we don't really want to. We need as many listeners as we need talkers <laughs> Amen. in our world. So uh, quiet people are great, too. You know, the whole concept of socialization is helping the child feel comfortable in different situations. We don't want children excluded. Helping them feel comfortable joining in with another child, partnering them with a kind child who will help draw them in. You know, those are all good things. You said also in your article, the problem with the child being extremely shy is that he or she may be perceived by peers as unfriendly and disinterested, and children may avoid playing with the shy child, thus hampering his or her social development and increasing the chances of a child having low self-esteem. And it goes on to say, with few friendships or these communication skills that are so valuable, shy children may become lonely and depressed, which can interfere with reaching their full potential. How can we, Leah, as educators, assist students that are labeled as shy kids or observers? Because I know for myself, it, it's difficult because they do kind of blend in the background. What can we do as educators when we see these characteristics to get the kids involved and to get the kids playing with the shy child and, and maybe increase their self-esteem in the class? Well, one thing is create an accepting environment and helping the child feel safe. Using a soft, clear voice as opposed to a shouting one that may really scare the child. You're trying to create an accepting, warm environment where child, children, and all children can, can thrive and, and do well. Allow the child time to adjust. If you have a new child to the class and he seems really shy, don't push. Give them time to adjust. Provide a non-threatening ways that they can interact socially. Pair them with a child, as I said before, with a really kind child in the class, maybe a kind, outgoing child. You can kind of take the shy one by the hand and introduce them and involve them in outdoor play, this kind of thing. It's important for the teacher to kind of know the child and know their strengths. And you see some of those in the classroom. A shy child may be a great reader or a great runner. And another thing that's on my website is my strength activity. It will help a teacher identify things that the child can do outside of class. The child that you're concerned about may be a swimmer or maybe a love to sing or may be taking dancing lessons. It's important to kind of bridge with that child to help them feel more comfortable with you and feel safe with you. If you're going to compliment the child, be aware that if you do it, 
in a classroom. It may embarrass the child, so you may want to comment on a strength out privately. You may say something like, that, you have worked so hard on that picture. Could I hang it up? That wouldn't embarrass the child, but inside they may feel, wow, you know, really good about that. And I think that's the difficult thing about uh, with teachers is how far do you push the child to get them out of their comfort zone and what do you not want to do to embarrass them and have them withdraw? It's a very tough situation. And that's where it kind of goes into what you're saying, just having an establishing a relationship with them. And getting to know what they're comfortable with. That goes with with all the children, especially a child child, because you want them to reach their full potential, as you you read from my article. You said also to meet with the parents or the guardians. What was involved in that process? Well, I think teachers always have conferences with all the children's parents, at least Mm -hmm. in elementary school that I'm familiar with. And teachers can encourage parents to encourage their children to be outgoing and to be independent. To do things for him or herself. Dinkmeyer, uh, I love the book Raising a Responsible Child by Don Dinkmeyer, and it's old, but it's so profound. And he kept saying, Don't do for the child what the child can do for himself. You know, encourage independence. We did a lot of role playing in class. For example, at circle time or group time, I'd say, I need two special helpers, and I want two children to come up. I might say, now you're a, pretend you're a new child to the class, and you're not. What might you say to the new child? And role play that and for all the children. And I think the shy child just feels, ooh, this is a safe place. This is a place where, where the teacher really cares. Uh, you can role play being kind, bring two other children up, and one falls down the playground, and what would you do? What would you say to this child whose knee is bleeding? This kind of thing. This whole thing about creating this warm, accepting environment where a child feels safe and secure is the key. That can go for elementary, middle school, and high school ages. I I think so. I think high school kids want to feel accepted and valued as well. It is awfully difficult when you have 180 children in a day often spend time on the children that are problems as opposed to the shy one. But trying to establish a relationship with that one, maybe find out if they're a swimmer or if they're an athlete or if they're a piano player. Just one little thing of connecting you to that child can make all the difference. It's amazing how they can come out. Even in the middle school and high school levels, you know, teachers just going to maybe an event that that child is in can do volumes. And then oh, yeah. you get to know that kid, and yes. it becomes more than just the quiet kid who sits in the corner just getting involved exactly. in that kid's life, you know. Exactly. And, but being careful, being aware, not to ask them questions that are going to embarrass them, but calling on them when they know the answer. And just an awareness that I think the teachers really do have. Make sure you don't want to push too much with... Especially at the young ages, because they really can get that label and, and have children kind of reject them, and we don't want that. Thanks for appearing on the program today. So, Brian, it's been a real pleasure, and I um, certainly have enjoyed it. Again, I want to thank Leah Davies for appearing on our program. Check out her website, uh, all her resources, or to get in touch with her at kellybear.com. And I certainly hope through the program today that you will be more aware of that shy student 
and get them somehow more involved in your classroom and not just giving attention to uh, the misbehaving child or giving attention to the child who's always in your face, won't answer the questions. Realize that that child who may be quiet and sitting there in your classroom has got a lot to say and a lot of potential. They just may need some help in realizing it.